Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, in this episode, I talk with co-founder of Cabinet, Russ Gong, and you'll hear how they are uh, redesigning how consumers can get their favorite OTC products. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that my book is now available on Amazon. Go check out how pharmacists lead answers from women who are leading, succeeding, and impacting pharmacy. It's a great book dedicated to women in pharmacy leadership. All right. So today on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, we have a special guest. Our guest is Russell Gong, who is the co-founder and head of product and brand for Cabinet Health. His mission is to bring unmatched quality, environmental sustainability, and personalized care to all health essentials. Prior to Cabinet, Russ worked 10 years in social enterprises building and scaling local businesses in Latin America, Eastern Europe, and Southeast Asia. He is a Techstars alumni and a member of the U.S. Army National Guard, serving as a Ranger Qualified Infantry Officer. He lives in Brooklyn, New York with his wife, Allie, and loves dumplings. welcome to the talk to your pharmacist podcast thanks so much for having me hillary love the show love the show thank you for joining us and now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background and you know your favorite food um (laughs) you you could share any other you know just gaps in that intro or anything else that you'd like to share about your personal life before we get started well, sure. Well, again, thanks for having me. And it might help to start with just what Cabin is outside of that wonderful intro and, and then happy to share anything that might be interesting. Great. So taking a step back, Cabinet is, is really a healthcare company for the modern consumer. And what we're building is a platform for quality medicine, information and care, starting with over-the-counter medicine. So today we sell 30 over-the-counter medicines in the major categories such as allergy, pain relief, cold and flu, sleep aid, and others. Mm -hmm. And we sell them primarily in lifestyle kits to make life moments much easier, whether that's traveling, preparing for a big season, uh, being a new father or mother, or going to school. Mm -hmm. And what we're working on is launching, that is launching this summer, is the first fully compostable system that doesn't use any single-use plastic. Um, So excited to share more. Okay. Very good. Um, so, so yeah. So tell us, take us back a little bit on the founding and where, where was the kind of need in the market and, um, Mm. how you guys decided to build this, um, product to help with, um, over the counter meds. Yeah. You know, I wish I had like an inspiring apple falling from the tree founder story, um, but I think it's it's a much longer one. So I'll, I'll kind of share maybe starting with the problem that we saw mm-hmm. and then the journey that my founder and I took to, to try something new in health. So, you know, after a couple of years of searching, we've really simplified 
the problem that we see in healthcare as what we call the three P's, which is pills, prices, and plastic. Mm. And how do we fundamentally improve our relationship with all three of those things? Mm -hmm. So to dig in, what we mean by those is the first one is pills. I think so many of the your audience members who are pharmacists and pharmacist students really understand that healthcare is not just about pills, but we've created a system of, of care in retail or others where we've created a very transactional, mm -hmm. confusing, disconnected version of, of care mm -hmm. uh, in spite of over-the-counter medicine and other care being the the largest touch point that Americans have with you with healthcare system. Mm. I think the latest numbers is we have 2.9 billion transactions on over-the-counter medicine alone. Hmm. When, when really that that's been a process and experience that is confusing for so many. Uh, and if you don't have a pharmacist in your house, like you like your wonderful family does, <laughs> you're often left asking a bunch of questions on what's right for me. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one is how do we address the question of pills? Mm -hmm. The second was prices that because we underprepare and overpurchase when things get really bad, mm. we spend a lot more money than we should. We did some research that found that $450 every single year is the average amount that a U.S. household spends on just over-the-counter medicine alone. And that was pre-COVID. Mm. And we know that with a better experience, a better product, and more personalized care to it, we can cut that in a quarter, sometimes even an eighth. Um, I think shockingly also, while we still spend a lot of money on medicine, we don't end up using a lot of it. I think the, we use a 47% of medicine purchased is tossed away before it's expired and often unused at risk that it's ineffective. Hmm. And then the last one is plastic. That... Um, it's really important to realize that our environmental health and our personal health are inextricably linked. And when we started a company around health, we thought no company that is a healthcare company should not be also focusing on the environment. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to plastic, the, the pharmaceutical industry alone generates roughly 194 billion bottles of pharmaceutical plastic every single year of which only 1% gets recycled and the rest goes into oceans, landfills, and inevitably our bodies. And so the, the three Ps was our way of forming, how can we create a better way to improve our relationship with that? Um, and that's really the problem we're solving. As far as our journey goes, uh, my co-founder, Chell Patel, and I really built a friendship in the early days around social enterprises. Mm -hmm. So finding resource constraint businesses with products and services that were aiming to inspire change in old industries. And, and really, we, uh, Achel, who's one of my closest friends and I've traveled more with him than, than I have my wife at this point, he's a third generation pharmaceutical entrepreneur. And we thought to take a lot of those lessons to unpack this very large challenge of pills, prices, and plastic. Mm hmm. Hmm. That's fascinating. And, you know, if you think about it, um, you're right. You know, what are people going to go into the pharmacy? They're going to go in 
to the over-the-counter section and mm. like look through cold allergy, um, laxatives, um, eye care, pain care. There's, there are so many different aisles, if you will. And, you know, and a lot of different options, like mm-hmm. which, which one do I decide? And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, they, that there has been at least a change in is all of the different combination products, people were overdosing on Tylenol and, mm. you know, which led to reductions in, um, how much Tylenol was in certain products and things. But, um, you know, without that, without guidance on, well, what do I, what do I take if I have mm-hmm. a cold? Um, do I, do I need all of this? Like, do I need all these different products? You know, I've got like a plethora of things and maybe you only just need one thing. Um, so building more of a customized um, solution, I'm sure has helped simplify that for so many patients who might just get overwhelmed going into the Mm. pharmacy counter or to the, to the pharmacy. And there's so many options and maybe they don't want to bother the pharmacist because they're busy, you know, filling prescriptions or there might be a long line or things like that. But first, do you help patients with diabetes select their pin needles? And have you recommended the UltiGuard safe pack yet? When you dispense Ultimed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, you promote safe sharps disposal. This protects families and your community from sharps injuries and can reduce the harmful reuse of needles. Your selection can make a difference. To learn more about Ultimed's Pin Needle UltiGuard Safe Pack, visit ultiguardsafepack.com slash podcast. ultiguardsafepack.com slash podcast. U-L-T-I-G-U-A-R-D-S-A-F-E-P-A-C-K.com slash podcast, ultiguardsafepack.com slash podcast. Um, yeah, so much of that is is so is so spot on. And, and my favorite part of going into pharmacies is really mm-hmm. that that moment where you go to the back of the, the pharmacy and you get the chance to talk to somebody and mm-hmm. you say, which one's better for me? Right. And I always love because pharmacists, pharmacists are so energized when, uh, in my experience on, on asking that, even though they're managing a thousand different other things. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if we could replicate that moment uh, and have that care from pharmacists, nurse, nurses, and other people of expertise and replicate that in either existing curations of products or as we're launching in the next summer, like having access to a pharmacist and nurse at all times mm-hmm. when WebMD fails you or confuses you and a doctor's visit's too difficult. I think to your point, Hillary, how do we create those moments so people aren't lost in the aisles, whether that's a physical or mm-hmm. digital aisle to speak mm-hmm. metaphorically? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we touched on cough, cold, all those things. There's also the whole world of vitamins and supplements Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, deciding which of those is best or, um, what quality, uh, might be best. So of course we've got the USP or United States pharmacopoeia that has some guidance Mm -hmm. on that. And of course we hope that companies are following good manufacturing processes and things, but tell us what you all are doing to ensure that your medicine, um, is 
uh, backed by quality? Mm. It's a really, it's a really deep question. And I think one, one statistic that most people aren't aware of is that there are roughly three drug recalls every single day in the United States. And that includes everything from prescriptions to over-the-counter medicines that we would really trust and love. And, and large in part, and um, uh, it's a combination of a supply chain issue, a combination of a, trans, uh, a transparency issue and, and finding new testing methods. So um, in our early days of building cabinet, we built our supply chain off of three generations that have been founded within my co-founder's family. His grandfather is one of the first people to establish an acetaminophen manufacturing operation in India that led to this ethical supply chain growth across raw ingredients, manufacturing, and delivery in the United States. And in our early days, we toured those factories and, and really saw the intentional quality at every single step of the way. But as we know, FDA, FDA randomly samples large factories, uh, and it's, it's an important step to include additional quality at the right before the consumer level. So what Cabin has implemented in addition to a quality sourcing supply chain is what we call batch level quality testing. And we partner with a great group out of New Haven, Connecticut called Valisher, who does batch level quality testing so that every single lot of medicine produced is tested at the, the batch level to ensure it's free of carcinogens, it matches the active dosage ingredient, active ingredient dosage ingredient, and it's free of any other harmful substances right before it gets into the hands of the consumer. This is something that really big box retailers, other brands don't do, and is critically important for people who have chronic illnesses, such as if they're celiac and are looking for verified gluten-free medicine, um, or they're truly finding uh, and serving a loved one who they really shouldn't risk any, any chance of, of, uh, of contamination. So that's what we do for every single product that we have. And it's a start for us to be able to provide and, and push forward quality with, with our partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you guys also do some work around gluten-free medicine. So that's gluten has become uh, an increasing allergy among many Americans. Um, and that's something that you also test for and can easily assure uh, patients when they're looking that, you know, here we've got this whole line of gluten-free medicine. Absolutely. And, and if, just to kind of share some of the pain point, um, when we launched Cabinet, we heard from thousands of customers of, is this, glu- is this medicine gluten-free? Hmm. Uh, how can I trust that it's gluten-free? Mm-hmm. And, and hearing and sharing stories of what happens when it's not. Mm-hmm. And so for someone with celiac, uh, I'm also gluten intolerant. It's a really big deal. You have a small trace of amount of, of gluten in your food or, or your medicine, and it turns into very painful outbreaks or can set someone back on their celiac healing journey. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the irony for us was we would never want someone who is looking to feel better from an ailment to then inevitably hurt themselves because a company or a brand didn't disclose that it had gluten or celiac. So over the last year, again, we worked with Valisher to develop 
celiac or sorry, gluten-free verification processes. Mm -hmm. These were extremely precise measurements to match the FDA minimums of any gluten in a medicine and then ensure that every single bottle is tested. So we are the first and only gluten-free verified medicine brand across over-the-counter products that, that's available to the market. For that, we just partnered with the Celiac Disease Foundation to ensure that not only are we helping push transparency, but ultimately what, what we want is how do we help push resources for a cure for celiac disease uh, and we're thinking of creative ways for that, whether that's as a more traditional community outreach for groups that are interested in transparency in medicine for gluten. I'd love to talk to you, um, or even just more creative ways that can actually build funds for, for research and development. Hmm, interesting. So one of the other areas that your that cabinet is focused on is sustainability. Tell us a little bit mm-hmm. more about um, what you all are doing um, in terms of sustainability. Yeah. Um, well, first, I feel like for so many people, including myself, sustainability is such a buzzword these days. Like everyone's saying, you know, plastic free, save the earth, all that above. And one, I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think it's good. I think it's good we're we're creating it to become a buzzword if people are trying. Um, but I do know that that leads to a lot of greenwashing and a lot of um, uh, effectively devaluing substantive efforts. So, you know, I'll share our our version of that, which is very intentional, but also know that oh, we can always do a lot, lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look at sustainability at Cabinet, we want to become the most sustainable healthcare company in the world. And I know that sounds like super foundy, founder, hand wavy, but it's true. And I mean that from starting at the bottle itself and working all the way back from our trucks, our, our bikes that we deliver the medicine to, the factories, and everything. And we're just going step by step. So the first step for us is just looking at our carbon emissions and uh, our plastic our plastic waste production. Mm -hmm. We do offsetting for all carbon emissions that we can using carbon credits to effectively counterbalance any bit of carbon we put into the world. We plant trees or work with partners to do that, that counterbalance that. Mm -hmm. And same thing with plastic, any plastic that we create in the world, we work with nonprofits that remove that plastic either from oceans or landfills to help recycle it properly. But our biggest and most exciting project is to introduce non-plastic packaging for medicine. So my team and a lot of other really smart partners, we've worked together to create a fully compostable pouch that is able to house your over-the-counter medicines securely, safely, and you can use it as a refill model for a permanent vessel that you hold at home so that you don't have to have these stacks of old plastic bottles and blister packs kind of littering in your cabinet. Hmm. And this pouch is launching this summer. It says it's made out of wood cellulose and a biosealant layer, which basically means that it's as compostable as throwing away an avocado peel in a city compost pile, Hmm. but still as secure and safe as putting it in a plastic or glass bottle. And then longer term, we're going to go from that and start to work our way backwards to start changing factories, changing the way that we deliver medicines, um, and encouraging the rest of the industry to join us. 
Hmm. Interesting. Well, I can't wait to see the the pouch. Um, I I am excited hmm. to to see that and um, glad to hear because there is is a lot of focus around pharmaceutical waste um, and you know how do we make sure that that's not getting into our water supply and different regulations yeah. and things that have um, come out about that. I mean, just think about all the long-term care meds that mm-hmm. are changed or this or that. And so um, in my, my current, you know, day job, that's mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know, what we're trying to do too, is to utilize that surplus medicine and get it to people who need who need medicine and otherwise couldn't afford it. So I love those types of initiatives and things. And, um, Mm. and interesting that, that you all are thinking about it from, you know, point to point. Um, so kind of the, the final piece of your, um, the company, uh, is of course on personalized care and, Mm. you know, in healthcare, we're all thinking about, patient-centered care and what does that mean? Um, so what does that mean to cabinet and what are all are you doing, uh, to help, uh, improve personalized care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a, to your point, it's such a timeless concept and how do we get better at putting the patient first and, and all that. And for, for cabinet, it's, it's pretty simple. I think for us, it starts with creating the the bundles and assortments of products that make that journey to finding your health solutions simpler, more delightful, more connected to our lifestyle, our individuality. And that's again back into as simple as kids. You know, I'm I'm a new kid going to college and I I just need the the essentials that get me through it. Or I'm a new mother and I have so many different choices. I'd like to just have my mother cabinet and be able to move on from there. Mm-hmm. I think the second aspect uh, outside of the kidding and assortment is how do we evolve with our customers and our patients? So while we start with a, a particular kit, we know that those needs change and our bodies change and the people who join us in our lives, babies and, and elderly and parents, uh, start to add the differences. And so cabinet wants to serve as a platform that also knows to support when those moments happen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm recently married and know that like, I'm going to have to prepare a different cabinet because my wife and I want to take care of each other. And how do I limit some of that friction of choosing what's right, what's not, and cabinet serves there. And then I think the third aspect is, is creating actual care services that that fill the gap between where WebMD lets you down and a doctor's visit is too much. And that's a really wide gap that is sort of left with us shouting to Google or shouting to uh, pharmacist friends such as yourself of saying like, what do I do? And I think that, that area of personalized care is where we also wanna serve. We're looking to build a team that is able to serve that from the areas of specialty, whether that's an allergy or basic care or sleep deprivation or sleep uh, sleep support, uh, and how do we fill that void, whether that's in written content or being able to talk to your pharmacist right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think longer term, we view this as the quality, sustainability, and personal care is really the connection point of a smarter way of 
being healthy. So not only do we want to create ways, products, and services that help people when they're sick, but also help them reach their optimal health, right? I, I think that we look at pharmacies almost as like, I only go there because I'm feeling really bad. Cabinet wants to be able to personalize being stronger, being more healthy. So while we're starting with over-the-counter medicines now, we'll soon expand into nutraceuticals, supplements, mental health services, things like that. Okay. Very interesting. And, um, I love the analogy of like, where do we, we're going to fill that gap between, you know, what you're reading on the internet and WebMD or whatever other source and, you know, going to urgent care or you're, you know, trying to get in and a visit with the doctor or, um, you know, maybe you even have telehealth and it is maybe a little easier, but they're maybe not always covering your medications or your supplements. Goodness. Um, so looking at that, all of those pieces. And so I think having that, um, is an important piece. So Russ, tell us how do people find out about cabinet? How, what if they wanted to, you know, get a a kit or investigate this a little bit more? Um, what's the best way to kind of learn more about cabinet? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for that, Hillary. That was a, a helpful little nudge. Um, I would have almost forgotten. I Well, I guess first, we'd love to hear from your listeners. I think, as I mentioned on the care services, pharmacists and pharmacist students are so critical to how we think about creating a smarter healthcare world. And um, I'd love to learn with you guys and from you guys. In terms of just information where to find us, our website is www.wearecabinet.com. We are as in like the collective. And my email is russ at wearecabinet.com. And I would love to hear from you. So even my personal number is 703-200-6569. If you just wanted to drop me a line and, and say you're interested to chat. Now, as far as like just finding us, there's always ways for kits, but I'd love to talk more about what Uh, our pharmacists are seeing in in their local communities and how we can support better. Awesome. Well, I um, am sure people will take you up on that. Uh, And so Russ is uh, our final question. I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Hmm. What would, uh, what would yours be? And I'll, I'm not stalling at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, we've heard from, from so many um, different people and there've been a wide range of answers from, you know, take, saying yes, taking risks, taking those opportunities, finding mentors, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, talking a little bit more about, you know, figuring out the, I think the, the hedgehog concept that's in, you know, good to great about like, what are you good at? What's your economic engine? Um, and you know, that kind of putting those things together, uh, so that you can really just go for your, um, you know, cause it's kind of hard when you're like, Oh, find your passion. Um, because, Sometimes people are like, I'm always searching for the passion, um, totally. but, but there's been just such a wide, uh, you know, 
sort of, of answers, but, Mm -hmm. and so it's good because I think people can learn and resonate with a little bit of what each (laughs) guest shares. And so, you know, or, and for somebody like me as a, um, very type a and a planner, I have learned and it's like, oh yeah, I got to learn that again. Sometimes the hard way is that my plans don't always turn out, um, the way, you know, I might have my life pictured one way and, you know, we enter pharmacy school and you're like, I'm going to be a clinical pharmacist. Mm. I'm going to do this. And then, and it's okay. Um, if your path might change a bit. And, um, so, you know, uh, or, you know, you might have failures along the way and that those failures, you, you might not get that job opportunity that you were like, oh, I really wanted to be at that one health system. That was going to make mm. my life. That was, that was what I wanted. And, you know, Garth Brooks has the song, like, uh, sometimes God's greatest gifts or unanswered prayers. And you're like, man, am I glad that that didn't work out? And so, yeah, (laughs) so, so I don't know what, based on that, what might be something that you've kind of thought along, um, that you would, you now think, oh, I'm so much wiser now. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, uh, definitely not wiser. I I think there's, um, not much to add to your, uh, to, to that, but I, I guess one thing came to mind as you were sharing, um, that I would tell a young, a young Russ is I would say, learn bravely. And I think there is, what I mean by that is, is, is a number of things. One, you know, I have this personal rule that if I'm inspired, whether it's due to caffeine or because I saw something emotional or I met somebody that inspired me, the biggest thing I need to do is as you have that muse in your mind, to write it down on a piece of paper. And if you, if you haven't, then I've, I've, if I haven't, I've failed myself, but at least getting it on a piece of paper. And then um, I think there's a recognition that anything really can be built. And that if we do that with uh, a sense of bravery, but a sense of humility, you know, you're never going to fail. A lot of the way that my co-founder and I have built our friendship was you know, really just trying things in, in domains that we didn't know um, and doing it with humility, but also doing it with a, I know we can build this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other part of, for me, is learn bravely is that we've been taught in the U.S. that our career trajectory is so linear. You know, go to high school, do well mm-hmm. to get into a good college, go to college to do well, to get a good job, uh, and then go to college go do well in, at your job so you can have a happy family. And that linear trajectory often breaks. And I think for, for any pharmacist uh, and or healthcare students out there, what's so cool about what you're doing now is that those skill sets are really so human. They can apply to a variety of different places, particularly in the world we live in now. And I've tried to adopt a, a a view on not so much like, am I building my resume for the next experience, but am I filling up my basket with the things that I, I, I love? Um, so mm-hmm. I don't feel off track if I'm not reaching that next end goal. 
Mm-hmm. I just would like to fill out more things with that basket. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's just a thought. And I, uh, but would love to love to hear some of your other listeners' ideas if they ever want to reach out. Yeah, very good. Well, Russ, thanks so much for sharing, uh, you know, your advice more about the company um, and some of the, the neat things that you guys are doing. And we so appreciate you being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you. For more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.